everybody, and welcome to the Related to Geeks podcast. We are here at Tinker's Tavern for our first podcast in 2020. We all survived 2019, and we're going to talk about 2019 during this podcast. But first, we're going to talk about 2020 and what we've been up to in the first six days of the year. Dad, why don't you start? What's your geek agenda? Well, I started an account at DriveThruRPG slash Fiction. I'm not really, uh, I don't really get all that distinction. I think fiction's purple. Um, but uh, the stuff shows up on either. Um, so far I have uh, Jan Rogar's Hat, which is a Milligan short story. And I have Jess Quest, which is the uh, rule set. So that's my first two mini-zines up on drive-thru um, for free. For sale for no dollars and no cents. So what is it? What is it exactly that you joined? Is it just like a hosting? Oh, Drive Through RPG is a like a sales site where you can sell PDFs. Gaming okay. related is the idea. Role playing games, PDFs. Uh, Chantel asks, "Is it pay what you want or just free?" It's just free. I don't even have a Patreon. And the mini-zines are also free on the mini-zine site, so I just decided to just keep everything free. Drive Through RPG is one of my favorite places in the world. So. Oh, it's cool. And there's it's a ton cool. of free and a ton of pay what <laughs> you want. Um, really good content, you know. And the stuff that, that charges i mean it's mostly a dollar to three dollars or five dollars you know so if you're actually going to use it it's a bargain but mm -hmm. um it's easy to collect a lot of pdfs that, that you don't use um very much and uh so i would prefer to collect free pdfs that i don't use <laughs> <laughs> i have a lot of pdfs that i've spent good money on that i don't even realize i own at this point i'm pretty sure it's a it's a bit of a scavenger hunt to try to track them down sometimes I've downloaded a lot of free stuff from there, and I've paid for a lot of stuff there, and I'm pretty happy with both. So, Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I'm going to go next, because I have this brilliant thing that I'm super obsessed with at the moment. It's a ridiculous project that's going to take me years to accomplish, but I want to do like a, a comprehensive retrospective of fantasy literature of the 20th century. So, like, from... 1900 to 1999 I want to I want to explore all fantasy books from from that century and that's stupid um <laughs> but I'm hoping that eventually I can turn it into like a video series or some podcasts and maybe a book like get some really cool stuff at the end of it but right now it's just a daunting task like I sat down and just started to like compile books together for like a, a list and, and kind of a breakdown of uh, 1900 to 1909 um, and it's already a long list kind of a daunting list <laughs> from just that and that's like the the early days before we get into the explosion of fantasy that came after Tolkien so I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do with all of this or how far I'm gonna get in this project but it's a project I'm excited about here's a paradox related to that project Okay, the number of fantasy books or fantasy stories written in the 20th century 
is finite. Mm-hmm. Definitely finite. Also, you will never list all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's there's your paradox. <laughs> yeah. I'm going by a list that uh, Wikipedia has right now for my, like, initial um, research where they have fantasy novels broken down by the decade. Um, and I can already tell how not comprehensive that is. It is it is way short. Yeah, and there is no um, algorithm for finding and listing all fantasy novels. Mm-hmm. There'll always be some other publisher that you weren't aware of. Yeah, and I was trying to do research on, like, nonfiction books about fantasy literature today. And boy, is that a crapshoot. That's really hard to track down. Anytime I think I find, like, somebody's compiled some good sources or something like that, it's more either a specific fantasy world. Like, they were like, oh, here's... The world of, of, you know, Tolkien, or here's all of Neil Gaiman's worlds that he's created. It's a lot of that kind of stuff. Or it's just like um, people making lists of books that are actual fantasy books, but written in a way that they appear like they're nonfiction. Um, so like the Dragonology book is a, is a big one that I've, I notice people point out whenever I search nonfiction fantasy books, and they're like, well, here's a book about, like, dragons. And I'm just like, well, that's not, <laughs> that's not really what I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> that's an encyclopedia of fantasy beasts. I mean, that's yeah. cool and all, but... <laughs> so that's a hunt that I'm working on. I think, I think my best bets are going to be, like, the how to write fantasy and things like that. I think I'll be able to, like pull some information from those um, and maybe get some other sources through those. But I think mostly it's going to be a whole lot of reading the actual fantasy books, which is what I want to do anyway. I already have a lot of them. So um, that's like already a goal of mine was to read as much fantasy as possible. But now I've just turned it into a project that I can obsess over. So maybe that will motivate me or maybe that will make me like give up on it super fast and then not read any fantasy for a very long time. So, We'll see. Oh, no, never, never. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes making it into a project could be the best thing, and sometimes it could be the worst. <laughs> Just don't let it become work. Yeah, I, I don't know, and I've really like, I, I'm having a flashback to a a project that I had in college with this that I really enjoyed. That was a project that I put way more effort into than I needed to, just because it was that same kind of, just endless research pit that I could just keep digging deeper into. So um, I, I think it, I think it suits my sensibilities when it comes to this kind of, this kind of project. All right, Sarah, you got a, you got a geek agenda for us. I posted about this in the DCC RPG rocks, Facebook group um, end of the year. Um, and it kind of goes back a little bit to dad's, um, sorry, drive through RPG comment and how much I love it is I have a ton of material that I have bought, downloaded, um, some free, some some that I spent money from for that I've not gone through, that I've maybe cracked and looked through real quick, 
um, but I haven't read. I've got a ton of modules that I bought over the year or have, you know, gotten through like free RPG day, um, that kind of thing that um, I am making a goal for 2020 to read either a module or a component of kind of brush up on a component of one of the core rule books being DCC RPG, DCC Lankmar, Mutant Crawl Classics, and or articles from some of the various zines that are out there for DCC. And then my plan is to revive Your No Hero and talk about what I've read that week. So what, oh, cool. whatever I choose for that week, I want to just kind of give a an overview of my thoughts, you know, without going too far into it. But something maybe that I've learned that I didn't realize or that I was reminded of or just something I thought that was neat about that week's readings. Mm, so I see what you're doing there. Plan. Setting attainable reading goals. I gotcha. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> plus. Uh, maybe. <laughs> plus people who well, watch your vlog can just go to drive through and get it. Yeah. yeah well, I mean, some so, of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Yeah. Uh, for the most part, yeah. uh, I know Goodman Games sells the drive through so you can get a lot of, I mean, obviously the official stuff there. I want to say most of the zines are on there too. So, yeah, you should be able to get just about anything. And obviously I'll link in my descriptions, whatever I'm reading each each week. So I'm hoping to have my first video up on Wednesday. Oh, cool. So it's a right now thing. It isn't one of those pie-in-the-sky academic adventures like Megan's <laughs> Not, Yeah, like mine's like five years down the line. <laughs> that I could possibly expect to have anything from it. So I am not a patient person. So. <laughs> <laughs> Either, I say that. I cross-stitch. You can't be impatient and cross-stitch because that is not a fast <laughs> a fast um, turnaround. But yeah, I, I like to have some things that are more in the now. It's a good thing. Yeah. Um, uh, either I'm real smart or I'm real stupid because I bought the OSR Humble Bundle. And I mean, there's no way I get through all that stuff. And it's all the really good stuff, you know, Castles and Crusades and Swords and Sorcery, etc. And uh, um, I mean, it's a ton of it. And it was not very much money either. So it was it was on my radar, but I was not able to purchase it at the time. Well, so, um, I have it. If you want to borrow any of it, that would be all right. I'm not reading it right now, so. <laughs> uh, there's some Dungeon Crawl Classic stuff in there. Pretty uh, sure. Maybe it's a different one, because the, well, the one I was looking at did not have Dungeon Crawl Classics in it. Let me it check. had some of the um, Flying Buffalo stuff and that that I was really interested in, the city building stuff. Hmm. Okay. Uh, maybe it's a different one. Dad has purchased multiple of the RPG. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of keep an eye out on them whenever they. They're good come deals, out. and if you're yeah, if you're just looking for that, like, they're good for people who just want to look through them to get inspiration or ideas for for their game. I understand a lot of DMs yeah. like to have the physical books, but if you're I just looking at other. Yeah, if you're just looking at other systems to kind of explore possibilities, that's a great deal to kind of get yeah. yourself in there. And I have I have a lot of stuff that I just have on on PDF because mm -hmm. I I am basically limited to two Calyx shelves for my RPG stuff. So at least at the time, 
Yeah. Oh, I can't. I can't just. I mean, I have oh. two DCC core rule books. I have the MCC core rule book. I have um, Lankmar box set. I have a bunch of modules, and then I have a whole bunch of like AD and D stuff, and mm-hmm. um, just various things that you know. I like have a couple of for um, Forgotten Realms box sets from I think Second Ed. So have a bunch of a bunch of old stuff that I'm just not quite ready to let go of. So, yeah. and I may never be. Role playing okay. games is a lot like most geeky things to where you can get by with a fairly minimal collection, but there's just something about it that you just you want more. <laughs> yeah, uh, and there's a bunch of it out there. DM Crafty, who I met down at Arkansas uh, RPG Con was pretty crafty about his books. He uh, got the free PDFs and then bound them himself in a very nice leather-type, you know, arcane-looking binding. And from one direction, it was the Holmes. And from the other direction, it was another one of his uh, favorite OSR rule sets. So he had one book with the two rule sets, and you could read from either direction. That's cool. Yeah. I do have I do have some stuff that I've printed and put in binders, um, yeah. because I, having a hard copy at the table was was helpful to me. Um, and some things I've just printed out pieces of. Hmm. So yeah, that's my plan. So hopefully on Wednesday I'll have a video up. All right, we'll be watching for it and judging you if it, it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's the issue. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to hold myself accountable by mentioning it in several places. <laughs> we'll see if it works. Oh, toothless! You are just being the worst right now. Go away. <laughs> it's my cat, by the way. <laughs> he's being. He's being very affectionate right now with his claws and teeth. Yeah, cats do that. We have a cat he- in the house. And we don't allow the, we don't allow the cats in the house, but this one got in, and now he's too scared to go out. We're not sure where he is or she. I think. <laughs> All right. So how we how we doing this? We're doing our year in review kind of right. So like yeah. all all of twenty nineteen. Looking backwards, not forwards. The yeah, we don't want to look to the future. That's silly. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, so this requires me to have a memory, which I do not. So somebody else better start while I take notes and like really brainstorm on what the heck I'm going to talk about. Okay, I can start. Um, it's a bit been a big year for me in radio. Um, I've been doing the Something Blue show. That's how I first got into radio. Since 1992, I did some 1991, 1992, but it became a regular thing sometime back 25 years ago, 30 years ago. I know I was still in college and you were dropping off stuff at KASU at yeah. that point. So and, uh, and then um, I got, you know, Delta Boogie had an MP3 collection. And but then I got into this idea of having a radio station online, um, and so I wrote that software. It's called uh, KGPL software, so it's like call letters K something, you know. But GPL is uh, General Public License, which is for freeware software or open source, uh, free as in freedom software. 
GPL license. Um, and it's licensed GPL, it's open source, it's written in PHP, and what it does is uh, it's what's called an on-demand station, where you have this big playlist, and either you can play shows that are picked at random from the playlist, or you can make your own playlist, or you can just pick what song you want to listen to, and the current version of it, um, which I am still working on, um, uh, uses songs entirely from the Internet Archive at archive.org. So I don't have to host any MP3s or worry about any copyright stuff or anything like that. I can never be the pirate because it's coming from direct from a library. And archive.org, the, the, the library Internet, um, encourages people to write software to access their media. So that's really uh, a nice thing. And then I got involved with Anon Radio, and I think that was really started in 2018, but it's been a big thing in, for me in 2019. I added another show. But Anon Radio is um, uh, a radio station that's associated with a um, shared Unix server called SDF for Super Dimensional Fortress. So I think that's a Spaceballs reference. But uh, anyway, the Super Dimensional Fortress is a um, Unix system. It's actually, I think, three or four Unix systems now that you log on to with Telnet, you know, and then you do Unix stuff. But they have a radio station that, and it does IceCast streaming. And... Um, so streaming radio is different than on-demand radio like the KGPL. It's, it's uh, more like broadcast radio. It plays and everybody listens at approximately the same time. So, of course, the biggest variable in that is your media player. How much does it cache? You know? So you're sometimes listening a little bit behind other people if your media player is caching more. But it is one stream that goes out from a source, and everybody listens to the same stream. And that's what a non-radio is. And what it's really popular for is people who want to do the live DJ thing, you know, the old-fashioned way, where you talk in a microphone and play tunes or just talk or whatever, as opposed to the way professional radio is done now with computers and everything produced in advance um so there's a lot of shows on and on radio where they use um mixers on you know software mixers and stuff and queue ups it's like queuing up records and talking in between and stuff um uh like in the olden days of radio um my shows are not that way my shows are uh produced in advance and i started with something blue and uh, so I play something blue on a non-radio on Fridays at 2 or 3, depending on whether it's daylight time or not. And um, then uh, I added another show called uh, Mix Remix. Um, and that comes from my own IceCast project at MixRemix.cc. And so I got into a non-radio and I started reading more about um, 
ice casting and stuff like that and streaming radio and I found a place that uh, let you um, ice cast for free it was ice cast service and they had a for charge and also a for free like entry thing and uh, so I ran the for free um, thing for um, about a year maybe a little longer than a year and then I finally decided I wanted to go with an automated station and that um, meant I couldn't use the free service anymore. So I had to uh, set up my own server with IceCast installed and with the Liquid Soap software installed. And Liquid Soap is kind of like a programming language or you could think of it as a scripting language for radio or a hierarchy for radio. But uh, I fought my way through the syntax and uh, got a 24-7 um, uh, streaming radio that just keeps on playing whether I pay any attention to it or not. And uh, I have a whole schedule of shows. I have the Free Culture Mix. I have uh, um, uh, different shows that use the libraries for the KGPL stations I run. I run Delta Boogie Radio and I run... Um, uh, KGPL for Deadheads and I run uh, Jazz on the Live Music Archive three different on-demand stations all playing songs from the Live Music Archive and then I take that library from those radio stations and use it to program a couple hours a day and then I have Something Blue that plays at 10 o'clock every night on Mix Remix Radio and I even have news I have Democracy Now! at 6 at night um, every day, every weekday. So there's a news program on Mix for Mix Radio and it's Creative Commons. So it's a kind of uh, um, uh, free content or free culture, Creative Commons and public domain and, and free culture licensed music as well as some stuff that's not, you know. And also a lot of live concerts one of the shows I have is a live all night and it's six hours of live concerts where it just plays one live concert after another all night. So there we go. I got something blue and I got three KGPL stations and I've got my own 24-7 IceCast streaming station. Also in there I did some live 365 stuff that I'm not doing anymore and some other types of internet radio. Um, and I'm also looking at Funk Whale, which is a federated audio library type thing. So it's not going to stop with those five things, but that's where I'm at right now. And uh, a lot of that happened or got improved on in 2019. So that was like one of my major projects for the year, um, working on all this radio stuff. So I love the concept of live all night and just having live show after live show. Um, just because there's been so many times where I've listened to the the studio stuff and been like, eh, and then listened to the, the live performance and be like, oh, okay, so this is what that music's supposed to sound like. Yeah. It's amazing how much of a difference that can make. Yeah. Um, a lot of times the... The studio um, 
recordings, and, and there are some really good studio recordings, mm-hmm. too. But a lot of times the studio recordings, it's got all the energy wrung out of them. They're too focused on being perfect to be good. Yeah. Well, and I really enjoy the performers that are good at interacting with the audience. Um, and, man, if you, take, if you take a performer that the bulk of their live show is them interacting with their audience and then you listen to their live stuff versus their studio stuff, it's just like all of the soul is out of their music and the studio stuff. Yeah, it's not the same at all. Plus, a lot of the, um, a lot of the performers out there you know, about half the show is Banner. You mm-hmm. know, and Banner doesn't work on a studio CD, at least not very much. But in a live recording, it's it's a riot. Yeah. I gotta love some of the old live recordings of, of Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson. They're they're great at banter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so a project that fell away from me because of extenuating circumstances. And I'm kind of sad that I still haven't gotten back into it. But at the end of 2018, I started doing weekly reading vlogs and continued that into the first half of 2019, which was an incredible feat for me. I was producing weekly videos for over six months. Um, That is unheard of. Uh, (laughs) In my world, that is unheard of. Um, but then my computer crashed and it took me a while to get my computer back up and running and, and stuff got in the way in the second half of the year and I just never got back to it, but it is a project that I want to get back to for sure. Um, maybe not reading vlogs. I feel like as nice of an entry point that that was to kind of get me a deadline and to keep doing stuff and produce content, I wasn't really enjoying it as much at the end. Um, at the beginning, I was really good about checking in every day, reading a little bit every day, talking about it as I was reading it, kind of giving your impressions as I went along with the the books I was reading. And then towards the end, it kind of became work, that thing that Dad, Dad mentioned you never want something to become. And it became more like, oh, I'll be really good and check in on Monday and then maybe Tuesday. And then you won't get another check in from me until like the very end of the week when I'm just like, oh, I forgot to record it all this week and talk about these books so it is uh it is something that i want to get back to that channel i want to get back to a booktube presence of some sort and talk about books online because it's still my big obsession um but weekly vlogs as much as i had fun with them and as much as i got a lot of good skills out of that I don't think that's for me anymore, but it was a major project and a major part of my 2019. I watched every one of them. You're my biggest fan. <laughs> I am. <laughs> I'm proud of myself for that. <laughs> it's my claim to fame. I don't know if I watched them all, but I was a regular viewer. I, yeah. I enjoyed them a lot. So when I first got into making YouTube videos, I was worse than Megan. I made one a day. And, yeah, I and remember it was a, that time. It was a whole song. Now, of course, I was at home all the time. <laughs> and there were there were circumstances, but uh, it was kind of like uh, sometimes I'd get up in the morning 
and write the song and then I would rehearse and I'd costume, lights, I'd do everything. Um, setting, one I did in front of a big bonfire burning behind me. Um, I mean, it was ridiculous. One I had the birds singing along and I mean, they were in the same key and everything. Um, <laughs> but a lot of times by 10, I'd be uploading. And I still had a phone modem, so uploading videos to YouTube, it took me longer to upload them than to make them. <laughs> but that was, uh, that was a trip, you know. And uh, I don't think I'd ever try to do a video a day. And by a video a day, I meant um, almost every day, you know. Mm -hmm. But I would do every video I did. It was done start to finish, one project two hours to three hours, sometimes four hours, you know. Yeah. Uh, that was There's... everything, from writing the song to um, to um, having the credit screens at the end of the video. There's a YouTuber that I've been following for a couple of years now. Um, his channel's Daniel Green, uh, and he does a video a day. And he's he, I think, has always done a video a day um, and has just recently gotten to where he's making enough money doing it to where he can do it full time um but uh his his biggest piece of advice to anybody who asks like how do i start my youtube channel what do i need to do for my youtube channel is like well first of all don't do a video a day <laughs> 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 he's just got this compulsion now that he did it for so long and now he feels like he has to keep doing a video a day <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sounds it got so <laughs> it got so bad that one day he like messed up and he like double uploaded in the same day, and the next day like everybody was telling him like you don't have to make a video and he was just like no I can't go twenty four hours without uploading you guys you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. My favorite. So trope. I I also go ahead. Oh, I was about to say I also um about the same time Megan did started a a not a vlog but a a weekly recap on my cross stitching and and I am about to start reshooting those and and doing that. I I sat down to do one today and it turned out horrible. Um so I had a setting on my phone wrong or something but it was it was auto focusing on my face so it was moving the camera around. It was terrible. So <laughs> I'm going to probably either tonight after we finish this or sometime tomorrow try to reshoot that. Um but I I think i was basically on the same timeline as megan where i started about the same time and i think we both ended about the same time yeah um, well to be so. fair there's another big project that we did in 2019 that might have been uh <laughs> <laughs> might have been the reason for that uh, there's, there's multiple we did reasons a whole, but that was probably we, a we did a whole that. episode on why running game conventions is hard and boy does that does that come into play when you're trying to do other projects as well <laughs> Oh yes. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I think you set those goals at the new year and all of that and everybody's doing their mm -hmm. videos and I'm like, I want to do what? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, that, that's, that's hopefully, I mean, now that I've got all the stuff together that, you know, I might as well reshoot it while it's still all together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't have to gather it all back up again because when you haven't done a video in eight months, there's a lot of crap to cover. So I'm actually probably going to do two videos where I do like a recap of my stitching stuff. And then uh, one of the things I do on my videos is I share a game at the end of it um, because that is 
Uh, I like to talk about a board game to maybe introduce board games to, to people who may not play the same type of games I do. And um, so later this week, I'll do another video where I talk about uh, my 2020 plans and um, what I have. A few things that I've added to my cross-stitching um, stuff over the last few months, that kind of stuff. And then I'll talk about my board game. So I'll have to do two videos. Otherwise, they're going to be ridiculously long. And I don't like doing ridiculously long videos. Mm. So I don't think my phone will let me. So I made like no, and and I know we're not looking to the future, but this is how much I'm not looking to the future is I made no like resolutions, no goals for 2020. Like <laughs> there's, there's nothing. I was just like, nah, just, you know, just, I can't, I don't think I can enter a new year without making some sort of goal. Um, also any month that starts on a Monday, I feel like I need to like <laughs> start a planner that exact day. <laughs> a new planner. <laughs> <laughs> Good plan. If the if the month starts on a Monday, hey Sarah, did you know if Christmas is on a Thursday, Thanksgiving will be on a Thursday too? It's true. <laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> I am aware. <laughs> anyway, on a non-radio, my favorite show is Tobe. It's called the uh, Dubious Goals Committee. And he does a half-hour show every day. It's not a vlog. It's just an audio half-hour. But a half-hour, mm -hmm. that's substantial. Every day he does a half-hour show. And um, it's produced because he's chatting while it's playing. So he produces it in advance, a half-hour. But it's, um, it's talk, and sometimes he plays music, and sometimes he plays recorded music, and sometimes he goes on nature hikes, and it's... Um, meanders a lot. He has a cat. He talks about his cat a lot, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's my favorite show on a non-radio. It's not a music show, and you'd think, you know, my favorite show on a non-radio would be some music show. But he is a musician, and and sometimes he plays, and he builds instruments and collects weird instruments, and he plays them, you know. And that's mm -hmm. interesting, but he doesn't do that all the time. Mostly he just talks. I'm always really excited when I'm on YouTube and I'm just kind of browsing for, for new people talking about books and I find someone who's clearly like retired and like just trying to find a hobby and they just decide to start filming themselves and putting themselves on YouTube talking about all these books that they love. It just just warms my heart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> makes me so happy when I find them. And then occasionally it makes me really sad when I when I discover things about them and then I have to okay boomer them or something like that. <laughs> but <laughs> As long as they're just talking about books and don't get political, I'm fine with them. <laughs> but I, I've, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed, uh, there's one lady that is just so, I can't think of her channel name, but she is so enthusiastic about books and it just war like warms my heart so much whenever I find her videos. If I, if I find her, I'll, I'll send you a link dad to put it in the show notes, but it is, it's just, just a old lady who's just like this. This is what I want to be doing right now, and I'm just like, that's cool. <laughs> so I don't know if you find this with BookTube, um, but with FlossTube, occasionally I'll find somebody that I'm like, if I knew them in real life, I would probably be their friend. And so you just get excited every time they post. Yeah, something. I feel like <laughs> YouTube in general is like that for me a lot of times. Like there's a yeah. lot of different branches of YouTube that uh, I'm just that like, yeah. 
I mean, I That's feel like probably true. It's like this is probably the path that I've delved down. Yeah. Uh, I mean, even more board games. I I did a little bit, but I never really had that kind of connection to the presenters um, outside of the ones that I actually really do know in real life and yeah. are friends with. But um, but yeah, it was just, and I feel like floss tube. Um, people get more personal than they do on board game review mm. stuff. Like they so, share details about their life and they don't, they don't find that on board game. I mean, not as much. So my big example of that is Dodger Lee, who doesn't really do YouTube anymore. She does Twitch, but her, her Twitch channel is, is uh, Dex bonus. And for years she did daily videos. It's another daily video, but she just did like a 10 to 20 minute video. One, one, take she just hit record and she would talk um about her day and it was just what she did as a little daily vlog thing it would just be a static shot of her in front of her computer on her webcam and she'd talk about her day and whatever she did that day and upload it and she did that for years um and so she's one that i feel like a very personal connection to, even though I've had very minimal interactions with her and have never met her or anything like that. But I feel like, oh man. <laughs> well, it's a it's a weird situation too. Like I, there's a group um, where people get together and they get on Zoom and they cross stitch and they talk. And I joined in one day um, just because I was like, oh, I'm curious to see how it is. I don't really have stitchers close to me that I can go, you know, hang out with and stitch with. So I'm like, I'll give this a try. Um, and I, I was like in this virtual room with a whole bunch of people who I knew, but don't really know me. Like one mm-hmm. of them kind of sort of knew who I was sort of thing. <laughs> so it's kind of weird because like, you know, everybody and none of them know you. <laughs> and it's a weird, it's a weird situation. It's a bizarre, and I'm sure they're used to it, but I'm not. So <laughs> <laughs> like if I'm in a room with people who don't know me, I don't typically know them either. <laughs> yeah so getting back to 2019 and all that because as usual we branched way off topic (laughs) that's what we do um i i did a bunch of conventions this year and that was fun me too and it was the first for me because uh i although i'd been to any a game fest and even played one game one year um, mostly I didn't and uh, but this year I went to several conventions and played at the conventions and I loved it you went to North Texas this year right yeah and I also yeah. went to that's one that, Game that's Fest on my and, and Arkansas RPG Con so um, yeah. I got I finally got to um, uh, spend some time at my kids conventions and yeah. man it was great <laughs> dad went to more conventions this year than I did this was gonna I be like a heavy, con- that, but. yeah. This was gonna be a heavy convention year for for me, and it just didn't work out. <laughs> so did you only do two then, Megan? Yeah, I just did Geekway, yeah. and then obviously NEA Game Fest. Mm-hmm. Right. I would have gotten trouble. I didn't go to that one. NEA Game Fest. Don't I mean, believe me, I was tempted to skip that one. No. No. Wow. So yeah, I did. I did obviously Arkansas RPG Con and NEA Game Fest and Geekway, which which Megan talked about. Which that is that it's a very board gaming focused convention that 
Um, I have now gone to six years in a row, um, and we have our tickets for our seventh year. So i um, excited about that one. And um, I did GaryCon for the first time, and that was fun. I ran 20 hours of games. Wow. And that was, no, I ran 18 hours of games. I lied. I ran... No, I ran 20 hours. I don't know what I did. I mm-hmm. did a bunch. I did five games. <laughs> I had fun. <laughs> it was almost a year ago. I don't remember. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was fun. North Texas is one on my list, but it's around the same time as Geekway this year because Geekway is really late. It's always kind of around the same time as Geekway, which makes it hard because mm-hmm. two conventions back-to-back like that where I have to travel and do hotels is hard. So, yeah. Maybe I, one of these. I still plan to have the year of conventions some year, but it's not going to be 2020 either. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, it's, it's not. <laughs> it's not going to be for me either. Gary Con is off the books for sure. Um, yeah. So, um, may, maybe one of these years it'll work out that, that Megan and I can tour the country and do conventions. <laughs> yeah. But in in the spirit, or at least the at least the, the Midwest. <laughs> And South. <laughs> in the spirit of Evercon and ConCon and CarlCon and all of those, we now have the family retreat where we. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's oh, believe me, like I, a game I went convention. to a lot of game days in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> if you just view all of those as mini conventions, then I, I went to a whole bunch of conventions. <laughs> Yeah, well, I hope to go to the um, conventions next year that I went to this year. Whether I'll add more or not, I don't know. But I I really want to do the at least the same schedule. At least uh, family retreat, North Texas, NEA Game Fest, and Arkansas RPG Con. Well, hopefully. I mean, like I said, we've got our tickets for GeekWay, and then I'll be doing... Obviously, Arkansas RPG Con um, is on my plans, and you need a game fest because that's the thing I have to do, much like Megan has to do it. <laughs> and also, 2019 <laughs> is the year I became a convention DMer because I ran very cool Caves of Doom at NEA Game Fest, and I had three players. Adam and Kim and Liz. <laughs> so I went to a convention to play games with my family, which has seemed kind Yeah. Well, well. <laughs> I do a that too people, A lot of people go to conventions to play games with people that they see every day. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. NEA Game Fest, though. I will say, like, that feels like a major accomplishment in 2019 yeah. just because we had... It's a huge highlight. Yeah, such a big move, uh, and then a, a big bump in attendance. And boy, howdy, that that uh, that was just nerve wracking going into it. We had no idea what to expect. We were spending more on it than we had ever spent before. Um, and I think we spent more on it than we we made total in the first year before, it's before we very possible. it was close yeah i think you're right i like think it. we spent more it's very likely yeah cuz i think we spent more this year than we made in our first year um after expenses of course but you know what 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 we ended up raising to donate to the children's shelter in the first year was less than what we spent this year uh, so 
it's growing. Yeah, it's oh, terrifying. Yeah, well, <laughs> but but 20, 2019 feels like a banner year. Like I feel like that's going to be a, a year we're going to look back on and be like, yep, that's when we definitely knew we had something for realsies. We well, don't, and one thing I can tell you about, well. We don't know about the future, but I think 2019 was your tipping point. We'll see in retrospect whether that's true, but. Well, one thing I can say is that between 2018 and 2019, in the time, like right before the right before the convention, obviously, like leading up to it, and maybe like a couple of days after, there were lots of views on our on our Facebook um, page for mm-hmm. the convention. We were still getting daily views, like three or four daily views to our Facebook page in January. And we were definitely not getting that last year. So those people are still looking it up for information, yeah. whether they're trying to find out more about next year or they've just heard about it and trying to find out more about what it is or whatever. We're still getting daily views, which we did not get last year. So, yeah, that means we're going to have like to get better. Not- we're we're going to have to get better <laughs> at posting on that thing more regularly, too, aren't we? Yeah. Well, well, I mean, it's downtime. People expect that. Yeah. People expect that with conventions that are super seasonal. Yeah. yeah, If you don't have news, it's not like really. Mm -hmm. There's nothing really that we can post yet. So. And like, Happy New Year. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, people don't want a lot of filler on their feed that's not important either. So. Uh, but yeah, for sure. When there's something important, we'll post it. <laughs> yeah, and and, and we're, yeah, we're pretty good about posting when we need for, to post. For um, as many uncertainties as we had going into 2019 with with NEA Game Fest, I, I'm really really pleased with what it turned into, and it it is the reason why I feel like. A lot of like I don't have very many personal projects to talk about other than the vlogging because the second half of my year was so focused on NEA Game Fest and then yeah. it was the holidays. So <laughs> Yeah. And we had a lot of gamers guild events happening throughout the holidays too, which Yeah. Took, you know, further um not 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 nearly the amount of time that Game Fest does, but it was still stuff that we had to focus on. So we had we had oh. a couple of events that were special to that time of year. A slightly absurd thing that I guess I'm going to talk about a little bit is the fact that even though the second half of my year I didn't read nearly as much as I read in the first half of my year, which kind of should show how much I was reading in the first half of the year. Um, I read about 150 books this year. Uh, so. I will say that while that daunting task of uh, however many books that 20th century fantasy reading list is going to turn out to be, I, I feel like I'm going to burn through it faster than a lot of people would expect because I can't seem to stop reading. Um, and even like it's just I read I've gotten to the point that I wanted to get to where I read every day without really thinking about it. And it may not be much. I may just read for a few minutes right before I go to bed, or I may read on my phone for a little bit while I'm waiting on something. But pretty much every day, whether it's listening to an audiobook or reading something on my phone or reading a book, I am I am consuming some sort of literature every day uh, without really making a conscious effort to do so. 
So that yeah. is that is a uh, something that has changed dramatically over the last couple of years because two years ago I wasn't reading at all. Uh and just like a light switch flipped in my brain. I was just like, hey, you remember when this used to be enjoyable and you didn't like torture yourself through college and make it the worst thing ever? <laughs> um, so now that I've found it enjoyable again, I'm starting a major project to make it torturous again. <laughs> Burn out on reading, never want to read again. But uh, yeah, I read I read 150-ish books. I don't know, like I wasn't best at tracking it, but that's that's kind of where I, I had set my goal at, and that's about where I got. So I'm going to call that a, a project that was successful for me. That was what I was – that was my goal for 2019 was 150 books. I have not set a reading goal for 2020 because I just like if, – if you're reading 150 books, you're, you're fine. You don't need to set goals. <laughs> I don't think I read 150 books. I don't think I read 100 books, but I do read every day, and I burn through a lot of books. <laughs> mm-hmm. I need to start listening to audiobooks more because my, my problem with reading is, is I can't read and cross stitch at the same time. <laughs> but I can yeah. listen to audiobooks and I have done that. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> and it's not like I spent every waking moment cross stitching either. I mean, it sounds like that's what I'm saying and I don't <laughs> because I don't have that kind of patience for sure. I, I stitch maybe two, two to three hours. Yeah. on a big day <laughs> so My. Um, and today i haven't pulled anything out so <laughs> i um i did go through a phase where reading every day and reading 150 books in a year was not uncommon for me but yeah. that, that was that, that was before today <laughs> nature mentality because even when i was really reading a lot in high school i don't think i was reading near the amount that i'm reading now but the, the light switch in my brain that happened was this idea of if you read a book and you're not really understanding the book, it's okay. You know, yeah. you can just, you can just continue with the book. Like that's, it's the weirdest thing, but I kind of can passively read books and still feel like I get the same amount of value the way that people passively watch television um, I, I much more enjoy passively reading a book and just kind of like reading through and enjoying the moments that I enjoy and not worrying about getting every last detail from that book because I have no problem rereading either. I love rereading and also my memory's crap. So even if I do like there are books from college <laughs> that I like studied through and through, like read multiple times, took notes, like wrote essays on, and I don't think I could tell you anything about them now. Like, it's it's sad how bad my memory is, but when I kind of just realized, hey, if you finish a book and you can't write an essay on it, that's fine. You you still enjoyed your time with you that don't. book. It's okay. <laughs> As it turns out, you're not being graded, and you don't need to do that. <laughs> so yeah, it is kind of nice sometimes when you really get into a book to find somebody to have that discussion with that also really got into a book. Yeah. Um. um but my problem is, is that has to happen like within a week. Yeah, <laughs> and I felt so gone. bad because <laughs> I'm like I've I've run into so many like super big Will of Time fans, and I'm just <laughs> like, guys, you gotta understand, I gotta complete the entire series and then go through it again, and then I might be able to kind of keep up with you slightly. Um, <laughs> like I am, I don't, 
I don't know, like they're throwing out like town names and all of this lore stuff. And I'm just like, guys, I can barely keep up with the character names. Guys, please <laughs> help me no. out here. So me have kind of a, <laughs> a weird, a weird thing. When I was in college, we studied one of the, the books we studied was Madame Bovary. And we would get pop quizzes every once in a while just on that previous night's reading of just mundane stuff that doesn't like it was like if you mm-hmm. read it a week ago you might not remember it but if you had just read it when you were supposed to read it you would you would know and the one the the biggest memory i have from that book is that at some point she cooked onion soup because that was a pop quiz answer that i knew uh, <laughs> so i know at some point <laughs> there was onion soup <laughs> all right <laughs> now I, I gotta know. read Madame Bovary to find the onion soup. Oh, it's a it's a it's a terribly depressing and dark book. <laughs> terribly. But there's onion soup. <laughs> I do I do remember the overall theme, but not being a fun one. <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, it's it's like a- I'm really bad at specifics, but I can remember how a book made me feel emotionally. Like, I'm just like, this book was super frustrating. This book made me giddy. This book was just all kinds of depressing. But if people ask me why it was those things, I'm just like, I don't know. (laughs) 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 But I can definitely, like, remember an emotional response to a book, even though I can't remember what caused that emotional response. (laughs) Well, yeah, my, my 2019 reading was not all that. I think... Between audiobooks and actually sitting out on reading books, I may have read like three and a half books. So see, that's where I was from twenty eighteen. Was before the light switch. <laughs> so, like that was a good so, reading year for I, me. I was, need that. I need that to happen because I obviously enjoy, enjoy books. I, you know, it's a thing <laughs> that I've always enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So, but and, and my daughter likes to. She reads on a daily basis, pretty much. Occasionally, she'll take like a three month break. <laughs> But she'll read on a daily basis or not. Yeah. Yeah, Or not. There's that saying. Yeah. There's that, that saying of, I either don't read for months at a time or I read like a thousand page book in the span of a week. Um, Yeah. (laughs) I think there's a lot of people like that. with, With any hobby is that you have to take a break from it occasionally. I took an, you know, I mean, I talk about cross stitch all the time. I cross stitch almost daily. I took about an eight-year hiatus from it, except for just, a, you know, a small project here or there. So, um, but I kept all my stuff because I knew at some point it was going to be a thing that I was going to want to reinvest time in. Because it was just the, the season of life was not the right season of life for that particular hobby. I had other ones. I'm all about taking a break. But I read every day and I practice piano every day. Mm-hmm. If I don't practice piano for two days, it drives me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and for me, I think the upsetting thing is that I have a lot of hobbies. And so for one to be a hobby that I enjoy every day, there's got to be another hobby that just doesn't get done at all. And that's that's the set. Like, I really enjoy playing video games, but I've barely played any video games in 2019. But I read a bunch. So that was the trade off. And that's just, you you know, that's stupid adult stuff where you only have so much time. (laughs) I don't like it. (laughs) <laughs> see i feel like i don't even really have that excuse because <laughs> you know my, my child has grown up i'm still at home 
But I mean, I do. I guess I do things outside. You know, I do a lot of volunteer top stuff. So yeah, like running conventions and. <laughs> you still have stuff that takes your time. Yeah, I still like to keep myself busy with stuff that's that feels important. Whether or not, I mean, obviously, running the convention is important. Whether the other stuff really is or not <laughs> is probably debatable. But <laughs> but I keep myself busy. It feels like I don't have time. Well, another major project that I had in uh, 2019 that I started in 2019 and continues is the Gamer Plus Social Network. So that's been a real um, educational and fun thing to do. And uh, I used a uh, open source software called Oxwall for the um, you know underlying backend. And I did a whole lot of configuration and a whole lot of outreach and uh, a whole lot of posting and answering other people's posts and all that. And it's a really uh, nice social network where it hasn't been flames or politics, you know. And mm-hmm. uh, um, I pretty much, other than occasional announcements or something like that, I have pretty much given up on Facebook. My first uh, successful replacement for Facebook was Mastodon. I joined Mastodon Social and a couple other Mastodon instances, and I'm still semi-active in those, but uh, Gamer Plus is is my daily uh, social network interaction now. And uh, um, it's the second um, social network I've written. I wrote the Collab Social Network, which is a collaborative writing game. Um, And it's... uh, uh, it was a programming project from the ground up as a kind of experiment. But Gamer Plus was the idea was to create a social network that was for gamers, for gaming, for, uh, you know, sharing game experiences and organizing games and podcasts, etc., like the Related to Geeks podcast. I'm trying to log into Gamer Plus right now. I, I don't remember my password. password. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Yeah, unfortunately, Facebook is still my daily social media. But there's there's a lot of groups that I'm in there that I enjoy going to, and there has not really been a. I mean, I I do a lot of you know not just gaming groups, but also crafting groups and stuff like that. So. And obviously, NEA Gamers Guild being on Facebook is a huge thing and has allowed us to have the growth we've had. So I'm still there every day. Well, I'm logged in now. I'm logged in on my regular desktop. That was my big thing is like where I was working before, I was logged in on my work computer. So I was able to kind of keep up with Gamer Plus, but I, I, I just haven't logged in on my at home computer and so I just it wasn't part of my uh, regular daily check-in when I go on my home computer but now I'm logged in it's up so maybe I'll be better about it now <laughs> Gamer Plus is uh, um, shortcomings on the mobile platform yeah, yeah and I'm yeah, that's part of the things I'm on my phone 
a um, whole lot more than I'm on. And on I was my laptop. kind of waiting for. Um, it's based on the Axwell software, and um, Axwell is has been adapted by a lot of dating sites. So there's a lot of development that goes into it because there are people that make a lot of money with it. And um, I was kind of hoping that um, that the mobile platform would improve without me having to do it. But it is open source, and I have had other programmers volunteer to help. And I don't think it would be too hard to make the blogs and the groups available on the mobile platform, which right now they're not. And I find mm -hmm. that... Because the blog is the best form on Gamer Plus. Um, the um, um, news stream, the um, what's happening type stuff, um, are very short. They're only really good for short. The blogs where you really can you you can edit and you can link and all that good stuff include photos, control your. So anything that's longer than a paragraph, the blog's what you want, and so. All of the best content is hard to read on a phone. And that's, the, to me, the number one improvement that needs to be done on Gamer Plus is to get the blogs and then after that the groups available on the mobile platform. Yeah, yeah I think I will be on there a lot more once it's, once it's available via phone. Yeah, for me the groups would be huge. Yeah. I do like groups. I I started a couple on there. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't do that much. <laughs> and there is you a lot of Megan needed a solo. Yeah. There is a lot of DCC or, interest on Gamer Plus. Um, uh, I know I was talking to Reed, um, who did the the um, America stuff that mall. Um, uh huh. The mall mall that we yeah. did at Arkansas RPG Con a couple of years ago, Megan. Mm-hmm. That's him. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. If I'm not mixing things up, so yeah. Um, uh, crawling under the broken moon um, is his zine, and and so I've had some conversations with him there. Um, but yeah, I need to I need to log in and just get on my computer and log in and go look at that stuff because it has been a couple of months because it's just not part of my daily routine. The thing about Gamer Plus that's that's great is that it's almost a hundred percent creatives. I mean, it's people that yeah. are doing stuff. They're not necessarily making a living off of it or anything, but they are active in the gaming industry, whether it's bloggers, vloggers, um, uh, game writers, module writers, just writing writers. You know, I mean, artists, map makers. I mean, it is dense with um, actual creative talent. And then there's me that just steals everything and goes and has fun running the stuff, and that's good. Yeah, that's <laughs> good too. Game masters, dungeon masters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, everybody. Everybody does stuff. It's there's not a lot of just mm -hmm. um, normal peeps who like to play once in a while. It's all people that are really deep into some area or another of gaming. Well, I am glad that y'all started it because I, I think it's a good thing for the gaming community. I think there's a there's a lot of disjointedness after um, G Plus shut down, so. Yeah, and um, 
you know, you can't take Google's place. You know what I'm saying? But to have so many creative individuals and um, reach out to them every week and have them log on occasionally and some more regularly, you know what I'm saying? And really, um, people that are really... uh, been in gaming for a long time i mean you can find them there on gamer plus and we've done a lot of projects um uh if you play you win actual play podcasts things like that and uh had a lot of good discussions too so um, it it continues to be it continues to be entertaining for me every day and something i work on almost every day too when does the book club start again next month no, no, it starts in two weeks. Two weeks. No, we'll say I'm just not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've also loaded up the Tower of the Elephant, but it's super short. I may it's actually really wait. I may yeah. actually wait another week before I even start it just because I want to make sure that it's Maybe that day is. I saw the announcement for that. And is that one February's? No, it's January's. Tower of the Ele- Elephant. Oh, okay. Yeah. February well, is Little Brother. Uh, by mm-hmm. Corey Doctorow, and March is The Ocean at the End of the Lane by Neil Gaiman. Did I get oh, that right? I have read Maybe. that one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I haven't. So I'm looking uh, forward it's, to that. It's, um, yeah. <laughs> I read it twice, back to back. I finished it and then immediately started it again. Yeah. Maybe I should have done that because maybe I would have understood it more. I don't know. <laughs> Well, here's your opportunity <laughs> to reread it, Sarah. Uh, but Tower um, of the Elephant is a quick read, and it's not bad, and I don't think I finished it yet. But uh, I'll tell you what, um, it was so prescient. I mean, um, it couldn't be more Dungeons and Dragony than it is. <laughs> you know, it is a... It is, it is three chapters long. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm it not, is I'm classic. You just never know. <laughs> It is classic Dungeons and Dragons literature. I mean, uh, more more even than Fritz Lieber or Jack Vance. Uh, Conan nailed yeah. it. Yeah. I I am excited for this project um, that I'm undergoing. If for nothing else, that I will probably find more stuff that I can suggest to the the book club. That's yeah, public domain at this point. Yeah, we we want to have most of the readings downloadable. And if they're not downloadable, we want them to be easily obtainable. So available at bookstores, libraries. Um, you know, if you can go on Amazon and buy them for five bucks, you know, that's, you know, a used copy for five bucks. That's yeah. within most people's ability at least once a quarter, you know. Yeah. Um. Megan, so he's guarding your project. I'm going to kind of jump around a little bit here, but a couple okay. of things that I just thought of that you might be interested in, um, and it's they're both pretty focused on the on Appendix N, but there's um, the Appendix Appendix N Book Club, um, and that is there's a Facebook group, but it's a podcast where they just talk about Appendix N books. Um, so there's going to be a lot of fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, stuff in there um, where they discuss that. And then Sanctum Secorum, which is Appendix N as it applies to Dungeon Girl Classics. So they talk about the story, but then they go into how they would use that story to run mm-hmm. 
run things in games. So those are two things that, that you might be interested in listening to. I've listened to some Sanctum Secorum. I have not listened to Appendix N, but um, I have met one of the, the podcasters because he's also a DCC person. But Yeah. Um, and I feel like just, ultimately stuff like that is going to be huge for me. Like just podcast, video essays, just stuff where people who are really enthusiastic about the genre talk about the genre. Um, I'll, send you the, I'll send you the links to those two things. Yeah. All right. I've written them down as well, but links help. Okay. Yeah. I can do that. Mm. Well, I think we should go around the circle and over and out. Anyone else got another one to add? I've got one more to add, but I don't want to do it right now if someone else can jump in. Um, my only other one that I wrote down, and it's not super geeky. It kind of is because it has numbers, and numbers are geeky, I guess. But I, I challenged myself in 2019 to go as long as possible without buying stuff that I deemed kind of unnecessary purchases. Uh, and initially this was an attempt to, um, just, just have like a, have a savings account built up, maybe travel a little bit more or have, you know, something set up for the emergency fund or a future down payment of a house. But it actually was interesting timing because, uh, I ended up towards the end of the year quitting my job and have been able to live off of that savings while I search for a new job. So I don't know what to say about that timing other than I'm glad I decided to do that project at the beginning of the year because otherwise I'd be locked into a job right now that I don't think I'd really enjoy very much. So, But that was that was just a, a way to challenge myself. And um, I will, I've said it before and I'll say it again. You can You can be a geek really, really cheaply. I mean, especially if you're as big a reader as I am because libraries are awesome, but there's so much, there's so much out there that's free. If you like video games, there's so many free video games. If you like, um, movies or TV shows, there's so many people on YouTube creating really cool content along those lines. That's, that's just free and out there. Uh, so I, I think it's an interesting challenge. You may not have to go for a whole year, but I think it's an interesting challenge to think about every now and again, and maybe, Maybe try a month or every now and again and just see how much stuff's out there for free to keep you entertained. Um, and also just get to some stuff that you may have spent the money on already but don't ever seem to have the time to get to. Too busy yeah, buying have, more stuff. I have gone on a almost no spend last part of the year just because I had to. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's, it's not you as know, much fun I mean, that it, way. It's sort of, yeah. It, it's really <laughs> motivating. You know, it's really motivating when you see your bank account grow because of the no spin. But when that isn't yeah. a result of that, then it's not as motivating. <laughs> You're just but, like, oh, man. But the, thing, the thing I can tell you is that, you know, as a as a hobbyist that likes to spend money on hobbies, um, I have lots of stuff. So not spending when you have lots of stuff allows you to rediscover stuff. And that's a mm. good thing, too. So, you know, I mean, the I... Well, I guess it was October when I started cross-stitching pretty heavily again. And I'm not going to say I haven't bought stuff cross-stitch-wise, because I have. But I don't spend a lot on it, because I have been collecting cross-stitch stuff since I was a teenager. So I have lots of stuff. And, you know, it, it even material, fabric, all of that stuff, I really 
could probably stitch and not have to buy anything for myself for a good amount of years. Um, mm-hmm. and, it, and it makes me kind of delve back into that stuff that is sitting there that has been moving with me from place to place that, you know, has found its way in and out of cardboard boxes so many times without me really paying that much attention to it. So yeah. that is another thing. If you find yourself wanting to save, it, it does allow you to rediscover the stuff that you've got s- stored away in a closet or. I think there's also a mentality. Uh, and I'm, I'm guilty of this, of saving something for just the right occasion of you bought mm-hmm. something and you think it's so cool and you don't want to use it because you're afraid you're going to waste it or, you know, it's not going to be just the right thing to use it on. And I've tried to break away from that. You know, if, I, if I'm I buying stuff, I'm using it. I am terrible about that, especially as, you know, we've talked about, like, the hobbies and stuff. And I have scrapbooked. And there are definitely things that I bought that I'm like, I've got to have that for the right exact scrapbook page or right exact. It's, it's, a, it's a problem. <laughs> no. Also, as, as part of this conversation, I will, I will say that when I do have the money and there's some kind of thing that I can do to support a creator of the things I love, whether it's a cross-stitch pattern or a new RPG yeah. supplement. Well, um, and I will I, say, I totally encourage people to, yeah. to, you know, to to do that, or we don't have the content. I will say, and it, it, for me, when I was doing the the no buy of the things that I didn't really need, the stuff that I did need, if I could buy it from local people or small companies, that was my preference, even though it was yeah. oftentimes more expensive. So it wasn't just about saving money. It was just, it was about making really conscious buying decisions yeah, and thinking about, about where that money was going. You talked about that in one of your videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On that channel I abandoned. So yeah, I, um, I, I definitely have, have gone back into my, I need to get rid of some stuff because I start looking through this stuff and I was like, I really don't need this anymore. <laughs> but, you know, it's easy when it's stuffed back in a closet or in a cardboard box or even on a bookshelf to ignore it. So, um, I, I, um, I, I'm making a real concerted effort not to just buy stuff to have it, um, but to actually have something that I need it for or something in mind mm-hmm. as a gift or I mean I can have a love for something and want to buy it and that's okay but I don't need yeah. to buy it just because I think it's cute and that for it a... to sit in the packaging and that's what happens yeah that was a big thing when I started trying to like live more minimally is that they said that one of the biggest things that you have to kind of learn and train your brain is that you can appreciate something and enjoy it and not take it home. Like, you know, you can see something on a shelf in a shop and think it's pretty and not buy it. And it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. And I think one of the things that, that I have taken away from what a little bit I've done research wise on minimalism is if you absolutely love something, you should keep it. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, just because it's not a necessity doesn't mean that it's not important so i mean i have like a thousand books strewn about my house (laughs) so clearly i i am under that same philosophy (laughs) 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 so yeah but i i I did follow that journey too and i i was 
pretty impressed with you. Um. <laughs> hmm. Sarah, you got any last projects of 2019 you want to add in? I don't feel like 2019 was really that much new stuff. It was just continuation of stuff I had been doing mm-hmm. um, for the most part. I I don't, I can't think of anything that was like really a new big thing for me other than like, like I said, going to Gary Con and running some games. That was my big new thing. Um, but it was just a lot of, which is good. Continuation is good too. And that's growth. It's not doing something for a few months and giving up on it. Um, which is also something I'm sometimes good at doing. So, mm-hmm. but, so yeah, long answer to no, not really. <laughs> <laughs> so um, my, uh, my final item on this uh, retrospective geek agenda for 2019 is uh, my minizine publishing empire, um, where I think I've now got 30 or 40 of them out and uh, they're all free Uh, either I wrote them and I licensed them like Creative Condiments Attribution or they're public domain to start with or sometimes like I have some art some galleries um, where the artist released them under a Creative Commons license Um, so I'm drawing on um, uh, free culture Creative Commons and public domain and original work to make these cute little books um and now they're my geek agenda from the beginning of the show was drive through rpg and i've got two of them up i'll probably end up with the whole catalog on drive through rpg just because that platform is there's people there that look for that kind of stuff and um but the uh the minizines uh the reason i like them is because you can get an idea and you can sit down and a couple hours later the project's done you know or four hours or four days you know um but um it's not like writing a novel you know or even like writing a module um although some of the mini zines are modules usually three mini zines per module um but uh i just um it's a it's a fun outlet for me it takes up a little bit of time it's also a way for vivian and i to work together on uh, uh, writing projects which is what we enjoy doing and uh, so that was entirely 2019 uh, and continues the um, just quest was written in 2019 but published in 2020 so um, and uh, um, I'm going to uh, continue doing those. I love doing them, the mini-zines. Oh, yeah, and that's at minizines.cc. Got to get the link in there. Yeah, Got to get that plug, man. Yeah. I, uh, hopefully, hopefully when we have this conversation at the beginning of 2021, we'll have all kinds of awesome things that I did in 2020. <laughs> that's my hope. <laughs> it's always my hope. Uh, my number one memory from 2019 was Mick bringing Bethany out here the week weekend before Thanksgiving. Now that that was great, you know, getting to meet Bethany and uh, talking to her about games and watching her and Connolly and Liz and Coulter um, party in their own geek way. You know what I'm saying? 
that was fantastic. Yeah, I don't really like. I started to try to think of a memory, but then you 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 stole probably the best memory that I could have thrown out there. So I'm gonna agree with you, Dad. I was just like, oh, we're gonna yeah. do memories. I'm gonna think of a really good one, and then you said that I was like, yep, that's the one. That's <laughs> Dad the one, wins. I will say. I I will say that, um, not necessarily a single memory, but through the course of. And this is, again, continuation, and this is not just for 2019, but finding those people that didn't know that gaming outside of what they grew up with as kids existed, and then finding that game that made them click and be excited about what's out there now has always been just, and it happens all the time in, mm-hmm. in what we do, and I love that. It's just... Uh, uh, you know, they're they're reliving their childhood in, but in a more modern <laughs> way, and I love that. Like I get yeah. so excited. So, um, like I said, not a, not a specific memory, but just something that that um, makes me happy. Yeah, there's been many people who have complained to us that we we're, we're the cause of why they have no money now and they just spend all their yeah. money on board games. <laughs> oh, oh wait, wait, wait! I I I do have a memory that I need to share. Um, this is a recent one too. Um, and that is family Christmas morning, opening my first present of the morning, um, where my daughter who hates everything about cross stitch stitched a piece that I had started years and years ago from my grandmother who passed away in 2009. And a couple of years ago, as we were cleaning, I had told her to just pitch it because I just didn't think I was ever going to stitch it. And I opened my present from her. And saw what it was, and then just started ugly crying. (laughs) 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 And it was the most precious thing because she could have ever done. So to do something that she, I mean, she really abhors the process of cross stitching. You have to understand. (laughs) Yeah. She she took that time um, to do that for me. Beautiful work too. That was that was a labor of love, but not a labor of love. So, um, that was that was that is something I do want to share because that is that is one of the most precious memories of 2019 for me. Toothless bit me oh. one time. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> that was my memory. Toothless. My cat bit me one time. It was precious. <laughs> Our cat's running loose in the house. I don't know where he is. <laughs> she, I mean. I know something's going to come of it, too, because all of them male cats from all over the neighborhood have been over visiting. Dad, do you want me to wrap up this show and then we can go into just open chat? Yeah, sure. Okay. All right. So those are our 2019 memories, all of the all of the things we accomplished, all of the things that we started and then didn't do anything with because our computers crashed. I'm mostly blaming myself on that one. Um, <laughs> but, uh, we, we, uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode and we're going to wrap this one up and we'll see you hopefully in a couple of weeks for the book club and next, uh, month for our related to geeks podcast, the first Monday of every month. Yeah. Let's do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 2020. Right. We're going to do twenty. We're at. We're not going to say come at us 2020 because apparently that's a whole meme this year is to not say that because 
that didn't work out for people in 2019. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Goodbye. You have been listening to the Related to Geeks podcast, recorded January 6, 2020, on the Gamer Plus Inspired Unreality Open Game Chat, held at Tenkar's Tavern on Discord. For more about our geeky family, visit relatedtogeeks.com. For more information about Inspired Unreality, join Gamer Plus, a social network for gamers at gamerplus.org. The music for this show is I Just Can't Say It, by Vincent Holden and Harry Larry, recorded in 2019 at Harry Larryland.